Welcome to the Sorority Nutritionist Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Hubert, a registered dietitian and weight loss coach that knows exactly how to help you lose weight while having fun. Each week, I'll give it to you real by breaking down exactly what you need to do to lose your first 10 pounds and actually start seeing results. I've gained and lost 20 pounds on my own and now help hundreds of women around the world look and feel like their hottest damn self by following my proven framework. Hi, babes. Welcome back to another episode of the TSN podcast. I am so pumped for this episode, guys. Like literally, I know I shared this on social media. I got sick last week. We had to reschedule this interview. Thank Jesus. Shayla was able to reschedule because this interview is going to be so epic for you guys. I worked with Shayla literally over a year ago. Like I don't even remember when we first started. Like It was a hot minute ago. Um, We've stayed in touch since. She is such a fit babe. Um, And we're going to talk about all things carbs and weight loss and mindset today. Um, But without further ado, welcome, Shayla. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. This is going to be epic. Um, Can you share with the listeners a little bit more about your story and kind of, you know, over a year ago when we first met, kind of what was going on? Okay. So, wow. It's crazy to think about it being, I think it was like a year and a half. It was almost like in the summer. It was that long ago? Yes. Because I remember at this time we were like winding down and I was like, Lauren, how am I going to handle everything with like Thanksgiving and Christmas? I'm like, you're kind of letting me go. And I was really nervous, but before you were so right. It was over a year ago. Holy crap. Um, and it ended before the holidays. You're so right. So you Mm -hmm. were kind of winding down, um, before all of that, what, what kind of went on? I was, so I've always been pretty physically active. Um, I, I would work out and then it was really frustrating. So I'm like, I'm doing all of these like great workouts, but I'm not seeing any changes. I had tried all the fad diets. Um, and like I would lose weight, be super, super excited. But a lot of times I wouldn't keep up with them just because it, it just, it wasn't something that was sustainable for me. I think my favorite one I was doing like I don't know if it was like some bootleg version of like a keto diet and like they had Do you the- think bootleg version <laughs> of a keto diet. Oh my goodness. I'm dead. <laughs> it was really bad. And it was talking about like this MCT oil and everything. Oh, come on. Yeah. I was doing that. I had in my coffee and like, I was trying all that and like I lost weight and I, it felt good, but I was like, my mouth would like salivate looking at bread and pasta. I was like, geez, that's what I would do just to just take a bite. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, like real talk, when I met you, like when I think of Shayla, like OG Shayla, before we started working together, I think of Orange Theory because Mm -hmm. you were doing Orange Theory like so much. And for for you babes out there listening to this that, you know, do work out, like, you know, if you go like hard in the paint in an OTF workout, you are dead. Like the amount of cravings I have for carbs after I do an OTF workout is like astronomical. So the thought of doing keto Mm -hmm. or uh, a bootleg version of keto, oh my God, I'm totally stealing that. Um, If you're you're really, really low carb and doing OTF, like you're literally miserable. Like there's no other word to describe it. That was, it was bad. I've done, what else did I try? Where like cutting out alcohol, um, never fun. Right. No. And then it's just like, again, these are questioning like, Oh my God, do I have like a problem? Like I just want a glass of wine, but yeah. it, it just, I tried a lot of restrictions and they were temporary fixes, but it, it's like my life kind of needed a, a complete like remodel of yeah. everything. And just like my approach with like my relationship with food and so forth. And that's when you came in. 
And I've been following you for a long time anyway. So <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. I love it, Shayla. So I know you just mentioned the relationship to food piece. I want to talk mm-hmm. about good and bad foods. This is something I've been so pumped to chat with you about and provide to you guys as the listeners on the podcast. What were some of like the bad foods, right? Like I know we talk about like generally like carbs are labeled as bad. Like you should go mm-hmm. keto because carbs are bad. Like what were the specific foods that that were hella triggering for you? I would say like any type of fried food. I mean, I don't typically yeah. eat a lot of fried food in general, um, but fried food or like any type of fast food, um, desserts. Oh my gosh, any dessert. It's just like, oh, you have to earn it. Um, which is such a world mentality when yeah. you think about it. Like you're think about like that poor relationship with food where you feel like you have to earn something. Um, that's just a horrible mentality okay. uh, from the very beginning. Um, but I would, I would definitely say that breads were definitely bread the was end. like off limits for you. Yeah, just like oh god, no! If you eat that moment on the lips, a lifetime on the hips. So <laughs> <laughs> it's so sad, but that is like obviously not something I've never heard before. Like yeah. I absolutely heard that, and it's tough. And I want to even go back to like the earning your food aspect of things. Mm-hmm. Like that is you know for you babes out there that might actually be kind of having that mindset right now where it's like, you have to work out to be able to indulge or have the slice of pizza, have the slice of bread going out for Italian food on a date or whatever it is. Like it's yes, exercise burns more calories. It does give you more flexibility with food, but at the end of the day, you don't earn food. Like you, you being alive, you earn food. Like literally you, you have a metabolism. You have to eat whether or not you exercise. Yeah. I think that's really important too. And I think working with you, um, you kind of changed my mentality with your approach of that, because I know there was times where I was like, oh, well, you know, I went a little bit over my calorie intake or like, well, I did a good workout and I ate a little bit more. Like, is that okay? And in the grand scheme of things, follow, like, it's like intuitive, like listen to your body. If that's something that you want, it's all about like moderation and balance but you don't earn your food. Food is a, is a fuel. And I think if yeah. you look at it that way, that it, it helped me a lot. And then just not restricting things. And, you know, sometimes there are healthier alternatives um, for certain things. But if you're going to put some foods on a pedestal, it kind of makes it so like wonderful. You're like, oh my God, I just really want that. And if you restricted it for a long time, that's when you're going to have one of those binges then you feel horrible. And it's like this whole cycle that ends up happening. So yeah, it's chronically like over and over again. It's like, you want to lose weight. So you cut out carbs or you cut out the fried foods or those, those foods that you view as bad because our culture, you know, whatever tells us online. And then you do that. And then if you do have those foods, you literally feel like a straight up asshole. Mm -hmm. You feel horrible about yourself. You failed the diet, but like literally the diet itself was setting you up for failure. It's not you. It's, Mm -hmm. it's the approach that you're going about this. Absolutely. Absolutely. I definitely, I agree with all of that. Yeah. For listeners who struggle with food guilt, with bad foods, whether it's like the fried foods, carbs, or I mean, like insert literally any food that you may have ever felt really shitty about yourself eating. What would you tell those women, especially knowing the holidays are coming up? Because as we're recording this, I mean, Thanksgiving is around the corner and Thanksgiving like kicks off the indulgent like time Mm -hmm. of year where it's like everything is so tempting. And honestly, with COVID, I think it's going to be even more tempting for so many women out there because we're home and we may not be with family and friends as much. So we're, we're using 
food is comfort, right? What would you tell those women who are trying to kind of fit in these fun foods or, you know, foods that they may feel guilty about? I think in all honesty, showing yourself self-love and like understanding and compassion, like think about like how you would talk to your friends if they were going through a situation like that and extend that same love and kindness towards yourself. And remember that one quote unquote bad day is not going to ruin all your progress. You know what I mean? And and it's, it's one day, but just taking it in stride and remember that it's a progress or it's a process. Um, and it's a journey and just, again, exert that type of love and kindness towards yourself. But I love that. Yeah. And I think that goes to like even deeper when you overeat, Mm -hmm. but also like if you eat something and say you don't even overeat, but you're just like second guessing yourself. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of second guessing that comes with holidays and like fitting in fun foods when you've never done this before. And like shit's going to feel different, right? When you go from being low carb and you know, this um, MCT oil in my coffee situation (laughs) to allowing yourself to have a slice of freaking Ezekiel bread for breakfast. Like it's going to feel weird at first, but like weird doesn't mean wrong. Exactly. I love that. And I think that's really, really true. And I think what happens is our our mindset and our approach to food has been so tainted by like the Instagram people, all these magazine people. But if you really appreciate your body and look at your body as like a temple, um, I think it kind of changes a lot with how you approach it. And it is going to feel a little weird and it's different. But again, trusting the process and know that a lot of people will, especially specifically the people that you're coaching, you give us the foundation with what we need and what we know. And we have to trust that process. Yeah. And, and, and again, just kind of feel confident with it. It's going to feel weird, but it's okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that uncomfortable feeling is like the growth feeling. I love like mm-hmm. motivational quotes and I feel like I've heard that a bajillion times. I have to ask you, so at TSN, right? We have I try not to call things bad, right? Yeah. I know it's hard for us women to not call food bad because of course there are, there are more nourishing foods. I always like to say my favorite quote, a Kit Kat bar is not an apple. Like they yeah. may mo- both be carbohydrates, but one has more fiber. One is like yeah. chocolate and coated sugar. <laughs> like, you know, I'm not trying to say like just eat sugar and Twinkies and Kit Kat bars yeah. seven, but knowing that foods can be more nourishing and some are more fun and processed. How did you know that information, but then not feel guilty if you ate a more processed and less nourishing food, how did you get to the point where like you understood the different like quality of the food that you're eating, but like mm-hmm. you allowed yourself to have the fun? That's a hard question, Lauren. I, know, I love I, talking I, I to you. Hard questions today. <laughs> really but, like hard. this is the shit that like, if you can figure this out, you're mm-hmm. never going to feel guilty with food again. And you're never going to struggle with your weight. You know what? That's very true. And I, it, it's making me think about this situation at work the other day. Halloween, God. Oh. <laughs> Halloween. And everybody wants to bring their extra candy and so forth. I love Snickers. There's nothing I would do for a Snickers that has been in the freezer for a little bit. Yes. That is or wait, heavenly. the Snickers ice cream bars. I'm pretty sure yes. that's the thing. That's Hell, wonderful. Yes, those are amazing. Those are, those are good. <laughs> so here I am, like, and I meal prep and everything. And I enjoy meal prepping. Like it's not something that's been, you know, you have to do this and so forth. It's something that I enjoy doing. Um, but lo and behold, there's like a big old candy jar, and I see those Snickers. And you know what I did? 
I ate the freaking Snickers and that's okay. Like nothing's wrong with that. It is one Snickers. Now, if I would have put the Snickers and just been like, Oh God, no, I can't have it. I know I would have been doing work and then thinking about the Snickers and I probably would have popped maybe about five or six after I had tried to like, you know, uh, juggle my mind. Like, is it okay? Is it, is it yeah, not? Yeah. Okay? It's like, we're playing, this is a, such a bad analogy, but like musical chairs, like, mm-hmm. or like, we're just trying to play games with ourselves. Like yeah. we're literally trying to like outthink ourselves by like saying no, but then like we overeat it and stuff when it's like, our body tells us what it wants. Yes. And yes, some days, like right now, especially if you've dieted a bunch, like you may, your body may be like, I want a bajillion Snickers, but yeah. that's not because your body is necessarily actually craving it. It could also mm-hmm. be because you've restricted it for so damn yes. long that your body's like, well, F you. Yeah. You are restricting me <laughs> from these fun foods. So I'm going to play tricks on you now. <laughs> You're going to eat all the Snickers. But I I'm gonna have a whole bag. It's the worst. But in all honesty, I think previously, I would have said like, don't eat it. Don't eat it. And I would have eaten a whole bunch and I would have threw a Twix in there, maybe a Butterfinger, you know, the whole shebang. Yeah. Um, but just listening to your body and, and accepting that, like, Hey, you know what? Am I hungry or do I just want this? That's the one thing that I think I, I, I love the hunger, um, hunger and fullness scale. I still oh, have yes. a Oh my God. Wait, stop it. You're dead serious. Have a little text with a picture of it after. I don't even it believe is. you. It's still on your damn fridge. It's still on my refrigerator. It's kind of shriveled up because there's been like water and stuff that's hidden. I'm like, my it's fiance. Gone, it's gone through some shit. It's gone. It really has, <laughs> but it's still on there. And so, and I still like, that was probably like, I, I love that. And I, I use that a lot of times. Like, Hey, is that something, am I hungry right now? Or is it just something that looks good? It's kind of like when you go and get groceries and like you get a whole bunch of good snacks and stuff like that. And then you get home and you're just like, let me eat all of them. Are yeah. You, oh God, that happens to me too. Good. You get excited about all the food you get. <laughs> yes. But I think if you can listen to your body in that moment mm. and honor that, I think that's how I've gotten myself to that point where I don't beat yeah. myself up for eating something. Um, or like, Hey, I had some candy bars or I had some Cheetos. I have to go run five miles or anything like that. Like working out should be fun. It's something you enjoy. And I think food is fuel, but it's also can be fun too. And again, it's just that balance. But I think we're in a society that's so like polar opposite with everything that it makes it hard to kind of get in that happy sweet spot. Yeah. And I like to say like, there's always a gray area. Things aren't black and white. Like we have to be in the gray area. And there are times where sometimes choosing the fun foods is actually what you need, right? Mm -hmm. I'm a dietitian. Shayla. Yeah. I promoted her to eat, you know, veggies and protein and, you know, all the nourishing foods. But at the end of the day, sometimes your soul needs Mm -hmm. something a little bit different and that's what you need in the moment. Right. Yes. And and that's completely okay. That doesn't make you not healthy. That's yeah. not you saying don't eat veggies and don't eat nourishing foods, right? It's almost like when we promote fun foods and having that, it's as it, we just take it to the extreme of like, oh my God, you're not promoting health and you're just promoting eating sugar. When it's like, no, it's about it's a balance. Like, when did I ever say that? Yeah. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. And I love my veggies. I think they're wonderful. 
I love my protein and I love my carbs, but Hey, if I want something sweet, I'm going to eat something sweet and I'm not going to make myself feel bad about that and cause other stress. There's so much other stuff going on in the world. I don't need to stress over a dang Kit Kat bar or Snickers. Literally no. And I think what also is important too, because your diet is so balanced, I've seen this with you and with just the hundreds of women inside TSN, like when you eat balanced, it's easier to fit these foods in. Mm -hmm. If your diet as a whole is a hot mess express and you're not eating balanced, nourishing meals. Yeah. When you eat that Kit Kat bar, it's going to have further blood sugar issues for you. You're going to be hungry. You're going to be hangry. You're not going to feel fueled, but like if you're fueled and you eat like the 80, 20 weight, right? Like 80% Mm -hmm. nourishing foods, balanced meals, and like 20% fun or whatever percentage of fun works for you. It makes it so much easier. And like having that Kit Kat bar, you can think logically and actually when you're fueled, you can think logically, you know, like, Mm -hmm. nah, I'm not getting off track. Like I'm just having something enjoyable in the moment and it fits my calories. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know why this is so random, but I just thought about like before working with you and I was using my fitness pal and I don't know, I came up with some weird like macros that I thought were good for me. Oh God. Wait, you need to talk about this. What were these macros, Shayla? (laughs) How I got them. Lauren, I remember you looking at it. It had like so much protein, like yeah. Flash of carbs in it, and then like a little bit of fat, and you like, are you like, do you have headaches? Like, are you, do you feel weak every day? Actually, I have flashbacks to this because when I first met you, correct me if I'm wrong, I remember like six, not seven, six days of OTF, or like five, six days, like you were really going to OTF, and then like you were like barely eating any carbs, and I like genuinely remember like. I, I don't remember the exact words I said, but I remember the feeling I had, right? I'm sure you guys can relate when I'm like, how is she okay? What is she doing? Is she like dead? Like, how are you doing these workouts right now? Like, are you walking at OTF? And then you're like, no, like I'm sprinting. And I'm like, what is going on? And, and for you babes out there, like the more intense you exercise, the more carbs you utilize. Yeah. So when you're doing these hit workouts, which are trendy for good reason, like they're awesome for fat loss and you're lifting weights and like, you're trying to lift heavy, right? Like Mm -hmm. you're using a shit ton of carbs. So like, yeah, it's normal to feel like shit if you're working out that intense and you're restricting carbs, literally your body being like F you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It was bad. I don't know why I just randomly had like a flashback of it, but like it was bad. And I, and then I remember like after like a week or two, like you had me eating more calories than what I had. um, Which was doing. Yeah. I was kind of freaking out. I was like, okay, like, I know she knows what she's talking about, but like, how am I going to eat more food and lose weight? Like, this doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. I am going to balloon up. Like, I don't know if she's trying to sabotage me. <laughs> and then like, I kept, I would get on the scale and everything. And I was like, how am I losing weight? And I'm eating more food. Like, it's just like, it was so like mind blowing. Right. Oh, really? So when you under fuel, cause I do want to have a PSA for everyone, right? Mm-hmm. If you're eating a certain amount of food, eating more calories doesn't promise weight loss because that's a big kind of myth and misconstrued notion of it. What usually happens in my experience working with women like Shayla and her situation was when you under fuel, oftentimes it's accompanied by binging or overeating or maybe a lack of awareness of how much you're eating other days. So yes, Shayla was under fueling, but then she was making up for it in other ways and that wasn't documented in the same way. And it's a consistency Mm -hmm. issue. So 
really the whole idea is if we can have more food and we're consistently hitting that weekly average of calories, then you begin to lose weight. And Shayla was like a perfect example of this. We literally increased our calories mentally. She's like, what the hell? This is trying to sabotage me, but whatever, like I'm going forward with it. But she literally immediately saw results. Now every babe loses weight at different rates. We talk about this all the time, but at the same time, like, like if you're like Shayla, you can literally like next week start seeing results like today start seeing results if you actually just allow yourself to eat more and you're consistently eating the right range instead of restricting and overeating absolutely absolutely and then I don't know I'm just again I'm having like all these flashbacks it's because I'm seeing you and I'm like oh I miss these days so much but like one thing can we talk about are like the non-scale victories. So I talked about like, Ooh, yeah, hit me um, with it. I think that is so important for women. And I always struggled with this. Like yeah. you have always been very good at like asking these thought provoking, like challenging questions that I'd always have to kind of sit and yeah, kind wait, of like real talk. I would ask these questions and Shayla was like the model student. She'd be like, Lauren, you know what? I need to think about this more and like would like wait it two days and then write me this like epic diary entry. And like, I say this on coaching calls now with my clients and in the new program that I'm launching. And like, I love journaling. I mm-hmm. think it's so awesome. I think we don't tap into it enough. Literally, as yeah. I'm sitting here, I have a journal right by me, like so awesome. But s- taking time to like simmer in your thoughts instead of being really impulsive is actually something yeah. that really intrigues me as a dietitian because I think actually related to weight loss, impulse control is really, really important and being able to kind of slow down and simmer with our thoughts and like really be connected with ourselves. I think there's a lot of benefit with weight loss because usually like if we're binging on ice cream, right, it's because we're like, we're impulsively going Mm -hmm. to a freezer and then soaking, soaking our emotions at it or whatever's happening where it's like, if you're in tune with yourself, like it, it just builds that awareness. Anyway, that's my TED talk of the day, but I loved, I loved that. (laughs) Well, I just remember it. You were talking about the non-scale um, victories and it struggled so hard. Cause I think in the very beginning, I was like, I wanted to see like this magical number, but you were, I think I remember you saying like, okay, you hit the number, then what? And I was like, oh my God, like, oh wow. Oh, like, yes. like what so you were talking about, just so I'm clear, like when you lost weight and like what that goal weight really was. So this was mm-hmm. really a goal weight. Like what was Shayla's goal situation? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I was kind of just like, well, I don't know. Cause I, I'm a person that like task oriented, like, okay, give me yeah. a goal. I love it. Then next, what, like what, what happens next? What's like, next? Yeah. You, gotta- you can't even, you're just like me, like you achieve a goal and you can't celebrate the fact that you achieved the goal. You feel like happy for like a millisecond. Yeah. And it's like, what's next? Yes. <laughs> that is literally me. <laughs> It's dangerous for dieting and weight loss. Absolutely. In college, what happened with me is like, I lost weight. But then even exceeding my goal weight, I'm like, okay, what's next? And I'm mm-hmm. like wanting to lose more weight. And, and that's where weight loss becomes addictive. Yes. And you can see that happening. And I think I love how you incorporate those non-scale victories because it did make me kind of delve more deeply into my, my weight loss. And just my, I don't want to say weight loss, my overall just like health. Um, mm-hmm. And then yeah. it became like, you know, I want to try strength training and like, that was huge for me. And like lifting a certain amount of weight, that was exciting. Being able to fit into an old dress was exciting. Looking yeah. at my body and like loving what I see in the mirror, 
that's huge. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And honestly, that's why you want to lose weight. Ladies, like listen up, like, like understand, like you're the weight loss is not to see that number on the scale. Yes. That relates to how your body looks and how it's changing, but like you want to feel sexy and hot and confident mm-hmm. and like the way that you look or whatever it means for you. Those are just the words I use that I resonate with. Right. Yeah. And I'm sure some of you <laughs> ladies out there do too, but like, it's not about the fucking number. No, it's about you looking in the mirror and being like, I'm Shayla and I love my damn self. Yes. And I think there was like a switch in our journey together where that happened. And like, it was beautiful and probably one of the most freeing moments when I stopped kind of perseverating on that number and really just kind of like looked at my body with love and celebrated these non-skill victories. That was yeah. huge. And I think it, the non-skill victories actually align so closely also with the differentiation I have with weight loss and fat loss. You know, mm-hmm. everything we're doing is trying to lose fat and not just weight because you can lose a lot of weight, but that doesn't mean your body composition and, and your body is changing the way you want it to. But yeah. the non-scale victories are so closely tied to fat loss because I mean, I have women who maintain their weight by like one or two pounds, but like they look completely different at the end of three months. And that's because they're strength training. They're eating in a slight deficit. They're they're doing all those steps of TSN I talk about every day. And that's where the scale isn't going to show you the love, but your body's showing you some damn love because you look freaking different. Yes. I think that's huge. And honestly, I would, I don't use my scale anymore. Like it is, it's out there. What was, how did you, I know, I know you still have the scale, but for women who are, dare I say, addicted to the scale, go on a yeah. day, maybe they're like me in college and going it like three or five times a day. Oh um, my gosh. How did you go from obsessing and like really using that number as like a, a way to check in with yourself of like your self-worth, right? The scale Mm -hmm. was the determinant of your self-worth to how how you use like the mirror and how you felt as a determinant of your self-worth. I think I'd almost like to channel my stubbornness as a big (laughs) attribute. It's horrible, but it was a blessing where I was just kind of like, why am I going to let this stupid number dictate my happiness and my self-worth? Like I am so much more than a number. I really am. It's so crazy because as, you know, two females sitting here right now, We've been there. We know how you guys feel out there when you're on the scale. And like, you know, there's so many facets to you, but like that scale is still so important. Yeah. But honestly, real talk, it's so dumb to put all of our energy into just our worth being from the number on the scale. It's a number. And like, also sometimes scales are wrong. (laughs) Thank you. They really can't. Literally an electronic (laughs) equipment. That's like being like my cell phone determines my (laughs) self-worth. Bitch, you get a new cell phone in like two years because Apple always comes out with new ones. Like, it's it's, going to be gone one day. It really is. And I think if there was that one point where I would move my scale because on certain spots where I would move it, my weight would be a little bit different. And then I was like looking at myself and I'm like, how obsessive are you where you were trying to move your scale to give you a number? Like, and, at the and, end- and also in that moment, you look exactly the same five seconds ago versus now, if the yes. scale changed, that is not you losing body fat. That's no. not you gaining body fat. That's literally the scale. And like, yes, fluctuations are normal. Yes. The scale. I know we're hating on it right now. The scale is also a great tool, right? Like you can look at it weekly, but it's the obsession with the scale. That's no yes. way now. Absolutely. No yes. Way now. Well, yes. I agree. Hardcore with you saying weekly. 
and I, I think I did the, the, when we first started, I definitely was daily and I was just like, oh, yeah. okay, Which, I lost point zero one relationship with the scale. Like, hell yeah, you can go on it daily. But like, if you're like me and Shayla, like I can't go on the scale daily. If I did, I would be out of my mind yeah. and I'm not it even just, trying to lose weight. Yeah. <laughs> it just, it gets to be too much, but I, I think you want to sit back and really kind of dissect your relationship with the scale, what that dream number is going to tell you. Mm -hmm. Um, I think those, that's how you can kind of really determine your relationship with, is it healthy versus unhealthy? And then take the steps towards, you know, having a healthier relationship with that scale. Look at your pants, your pants really help you to determine, like, have you lost some, some weight and so forth? Like, That's, that's good. And even, I mean, I'm not relying upon other people giving me compliments, but I remember going home and my parents were like, you look fantastic. And I'm like, that's a freaking win for me right there. Like, thank you. So, and I think also how you present yourself after you lose weight or you're seeing some success too, like you may not think the physical transformation is huge, Mm -hmm. but you also have to think about like, the, the part of yourself showing up and staying consistent, like that is such a win. And like part mm-hmm. of your parents giving you that compliment isn't just in the way you look, it's probably the way you're presenting yourself, so right? True. Which goes back to like why you're on this journey. Like you want to be the best, most confident, sexy version of yourself. Like that is what this is about. Yes, many women want to lose weight. Yes, yeah. you want to fit into a certain size or uh, a clothing that you know maybe hasn't fit you or just have more confidence when you look in the mirror. But it's also about the energy you put out. And like, that's something you gain from this too. Yeah. I think that's important. And just kind of like determining your why, if you're doing it for other people or to kind of fit in to what society tells you is beautiful. um, I think that should give you pause. Yeah, absolutely. Talking about going home, I want to talk about a negative thing, which is food chambers, right? And I don't know if you deal with this in a family environment at all, but I know, especially with especially with COVID, right? You know, some, mm-hmm. some people are still going home for the holidays or like they're in the same city with, you know, their parents or significant other and, you know, social situations when people can shame on your food choices. We actually talked a little bit about this before we pressed record um, with some like office stories oh, and just some, you know, situations when like, you know, you see people doing other things, but in your own life since TSN, since, since we crossed paths, right? Mm-hmm. How have you handled people who maybe are doing things with their diet that you don't agree with now mm-hmm. or like have shamed you have, has, have you had any food shamers? Um, yes, yes, yeah. I have where people have been like, Oh my God, like you eat, you eat a lot <laughs> or, you have, or you have a, you have a lot of snacks and it's just like, I mean, like why even say that? I don't know. Sometimes people just like to talk, but again, my yeah. happiness Word isn't vomit. dictated. Yeah. <laughs> but my happiness isn't dictated by like, me having all my food, like I look good, not to like toot my own horn. So toot your own. I am dead. Beep, beep, guys. Literally at TSN, I want you to toot your horn. I yeah. think everyone's trying to not have women toot their own horns. Like, no. if you feel sexy and confident and like you love the way that you look, you better be freaking honking. Like Celebrate a New York, it. like a New York taxi driver pissed <laughs> off at someone jaywalking. Like, I really hope that's the situation that's happening. <laughs> I think that's really important. Um, 
but not as much with the food shaming. Like people, yeah. they know I get hangry. I don't want to get hangry. So I need yeah. to eat and that it's better for everybody. Yeah. But I have seen a lot of people where in my opinion, and based off of the science that you have taught me that they are not implementing those strategies. Mm. I'm not going to give opinions or um, advice if it's not warranted or people aren't seeking it. I just think yeah. that's not my place. I think it's rude and it, it, it's just, I don't know. I think um, people that do that, no offense if any of my listeners do this, but like sorry. you giving unwarranted advice, I think sometimes comes from insecurity. And I think yeah. especially with like family situations and food shaming that a lot of my clients deal with this time of year, like I think it's sometimes when family members do that, they're struggling with their own food stuff and they don't have the enlightenment that, you know, maybe you and I have had with food and a solid relationship with it. Because let me be honest, in the space of dietetics and dietitians and, you know, my clients, when you're in a good place, you're not talking about this stuff with other people and like shaming other people. Like when you're in a good space, like there's no need to be doing that, period. And I agree. I I really do. Um, And take those food shamers with a grain of salt. And I know that's easier said than done, but don't let someone else's hate or negativity kind of affect your happiness in your wins and stuff. Still celebrate that. And, you know, um, move on, but there I have advice for you guys. If you encounter food shamers on Thanksgiving or Christmas or whenever, move on literally yes. it's not even worth your energy it like, really put your energy towards your damn goals thank you you say i'm thankful for my wins and you move on um but there have been a lot of people that have come up to me and have asked questions and it's it typically is in regards to carbs mm. a lot um people will ask me like oh you know you seem like a healthy eater like you know, do you eat carbs? And that's like always the question people ask. And it's that, that's not, a, that's the question strikes me a certain way. Yeah. You're so healthy. Like they're shocked you eat carbs. Yes. Which yeah. is so crazy because carbs are usually the biggest component of your diet. That's literally what our body runs on, right? Yeah. You can just because you can live without eating carbs, carbs doesn't mean you should. Yes. Right. And I think that's where like the keto diet's gone all wrong for our culture, oh. but that's for another day. Right. How do you, how do you handle people shocked by your carb intake? It's, it's, so I think initially, like when I first finished, I would get like kind of preachy and just be like, listen, this is carbs are a source. Of- Here is a PowerPoint presentation <laughs> on why you need carbs. <laughs> This is like, that's not going to work. Like nobody wants to hear like my PowerPoint or my dissertation. <laughs> my dissertation on carbs. Oh my God. I am literally dead. But no, but that's how I felt too. Like before I started TSN and, and did all of this madness over here, like I would be that preachy person where like, I would literally, I didn't do this because I'm not that type of person, but I would literally want to like troll on people on the internet, be like, with, if I saw something <laughs> as a dietitian, I'd be like, how is this being allowed? Like I would get so pissed. And instead of being a troll, I literally started TSN. I'm, like, <laughs> I, I'm not a hater on anyone. Like, let me just preach my truth because yeah. you're going to be preaching this false shit. Like, you know, there needs to be a place where it has the true shit. <laughs> For <laughs> the <laughs> but it's, yeah. 
it's, I think I've gotten better with it. And we just, I, the people that are willing to listen again, these are people that are coming to me and asking for like my truth and my experience where I tell them like the benefits of it. And it's just, I talk about like building my plate and so forth and it's all in moderation. But, but no, if you were to put like a piece of bread on a plate, it's not going to make me fat. Like me looking at it, it's not going to make me fat. And I feel like people have this misconception that like carbs, like if you eat something, you're just going to blow up. It's not, it's about a calorie deficit. And like, it gets really, really frustrating. And that's the whole premise of a keto diet is legitimately people being in this deficit, but it's not a sustainable deficit for people to be in. Yeah. And I mean, I've been there when like, I'm sure you ladies have too. I'm sure you have Shayla. When you eat a slice of like pizza or something, or like a slice of bread when you're out Mm -hmm. to dinner with like your parents at a restaurant or something pre-COVID, right? And you you have that bread. And I would literally remember like, oh my God, like I gained a pound of fat. Like I literally like, it was was mental. Mentally, I felt like I did, but it was so illogical. I was so wrong. Like bread doesn't instantly turn into fat into our bodies. I share this analogy with my clients all the time. But if you have a cup of water, Mm -hmm. if you overfill this cup, where does that water go? To the floor, right? If you overconsume calories, which are energy, what happens? It overflows. And that's when we are putting fat in our cells or creating new fat cells or whatever it is, which I know sounds really scary, but it's not guys. Um, it's just basically the energy balance. And, and we're literally cave men and women out there. Mm-hmm. And you know, our bodies want to preserve energy because we never had food before. So once you understand this, you realize like, oh shit, like the toxic diet culture bullshit of carbs make you fat. Like that doesn't tell you anything about what's in the food and how many calories are in the food that you're eating or, or even the fiber and nutrition facts of it. I mean, like fiber is literally only found in carbohydrates and it's one of the best things you can eat for your gut health and boosting your metabolism because it takes more energy to break down. But, but, but of course we think, you know, carbs are the devil, right? And we shouldn't be having them, but we don't learn what's in our food. It's very, it's so frustrating. And I think with Thanksgiving coming up, we have to really be aware of like this carb shaming and this carb fear too, because Thanksgiving, a lot of the foods are pretty carb dense. If you think about it, it's like, I have some clients like with Italian Thanksgiving dinners and Mm -hmm. they have like a full day of eating with like tons of pasta and that whole thing. I know my family does a lot of not the mac and cheese situation, but a lot of like stuffing and mashed potatoes, corn, all very carb rich foods. Um, and yeah, I completely agree with you. Like we have to be hyper aware of it and you know, yeah, you might eat more carbs during Thanksgiving and you know, it is what it is. I'm not, you know, Shayla and I definitely aren't saying like make your whole plate carbs and not eat veggies and protein ever. Like (laughs) that's also that like really black and white view of nutrition. But at the same time, like Thanksgiving is just another meal. I said that on the Instagram yesterday, actually too, like, it's not a big deal. Like not trying to say like, don't have fun and make it special. Like, hell yeah. I love my mom's oyster stuffing. Like I'm eating that shit to the face. (laughs) But at the same time, like it's just another meal. It really is. In the grand scheme of things, like it, it is one meal and that one meal is not going to dictate your, all the hard work that you've put in. And it's not going to taint all the future. Like it's not, it is one meal. And if you look at it that way versus making it the end all be all, I think it kind of helps to, to take something like this, a logical perspective and kind of ground you a little bit. Yeah. You said that so perfectly. Like it literally is one meal. If it was that easy to lose weight off of one meal, I would not have a job. 
Right. <laughs> simply. And you would be at your goals, but it's, it's, it's the habits and we can say it. I know habits is not this like sexy thing. Like what you do every day matters. Like, no, yeah. like, we want, we want like one thing we do and then we achieve our goals. Right. But like, yeah. like just like everything in life, like the things that you want, it takes more hard work and dedication. And that's why nutrition is so complex. Cause it's like every meal and situation matters. You yeah. eat so many meals and that's actually the really positive thing about it. Like there are so many opportunities for you to make a goddamn good decision. Right. Yes. And Thanksgiving is one of those meals. Like maybe you're going to get a little bit off track. Maybe you're going to enjoy yourself, but like at the end of the day, you have like a bajillion more meals of the year too. Thank you. And I think don't let turn to like the snowball effect where you had one bad meal and then you're just like, well, I'm going crazy for, for dinner or I'm going crazy for breakfast the next day. And then you just kind of, that's when you backtrack and that's when you kind of run into these issues of like damaging your pro your progress that you've made. Like yeah. again, don't let one kind of slip up day where maybe I had a lot of desserts and I ate a little bit too much food all of a sudden just be kind of like, well, you know, screw it. It doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. Cause it's not, I love that snowball effect analogy too. Like it's not one meal. It's our mindset with that one meal that makes it think that no other meal then matters. So it's yes. like, it doesn't matter. Um, I love this so much. Oh my gosh, Sheila, you're, you're amazing. I love you. Um, to end off this podcast with the snowball effect, mm -hmm. what advice do you have for listeners going into Thanksgiving? If they're the type of woman out there, the yo-yo dieter that that one meal literally gets them so off track. Like they, they have a snowball effect every year around the holidays. How would you tell them to approach this time of year? I think, and this is something again that you've taught me, go into it with the game plan. If you know that typically you struggle, um, in that moment, you should set yourself up for success beforehand. So, you know, hey, I know uh, I kind of struggle in this situation. I'm going to have some guilt. And then I think I'm going to kind of binge eat. Come up with some proactive strategies before going into Thanksgiving. I love that. Oh my goodness. I have to ask, I wasn't even going to ask you this question. What is a strategy or like things that you do for these types of meals? Like when you talk about game plan, like, What's your game plan? Do you have a game plan for Thanksgiving? Honestly, if I'm being very truthful, no, I don't have a game plan. I'm going well, I mean, to. That's the goal <laughs> at the end of the day. Like when clients ask me what I do, like sometimes it's almost hard putting into words because the goal of this is to find what works for you. And yes. so I think when you're actively trying to lose weight, like when Shayla and I ended coaching, you know, however long ago it was, right? Like a yes. year and a half ago when it, you were about to go into Thanksgiving, like you had a more disciplined regimen, but now it's yeah. so in tune with you that like, like every day doesn't require a game plan because this is the way Shayla eats, right? Yeah. But for you babes out there that, you know, are, are in the midst of trying to lose weight, really staying on track and you know, fitting in the fun foods and carbs and all of that into your calories, you know, eating something before Thanksgiving, not going in super hungry, like thinking about the balance plate. Like if there's one goal, like just get protein, carbs and veggies on your yes. plate, try to build something balanced and make this meal normal. And remember at the end of the day, it's just another meal. It's another freaking meal. Yes. And don't do the starving. I love that you talked about it. Don't starve yourself before Thanksgiving and think that's going to be a method for success because you're just going to eat more food. I've done it before. Literally. It does not work. It doesn't work. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. Starving yourself before Thanksgiving, like low blood sugar, then you're eating all this food and then yeah. you literally enter like a coma. Yes. And then the next day you feel like crap. <laughs> We're trying to help you. <laughs> Yes. Do not starve yourself. Um, oh my God. I 
love it. Shayla, you are a riot. You're a class act. I love you. Any last bits of advice before I let you go? Um, consistency is huge. Patience is important and love yourself and love your journey. Oh, I could not have said that any better. I need like frame that. I love that. <laughs> um, we love you, Shayla. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye guys. Bye. So babes, that is all I have for today's episode. If you love today's show and what we chatted about on here, please do me a favor and take a hot minute to leave a review on iTunes and share this episode with a friend. The way the Sorority Nutritionist podcast has grown and TSN has been able to help even more women has been from women like you sharing their experience, listening to the podcast, how it's transformed your life. And most importantly, by getting other women to actually take a listen to it as well. By leaving a review, I really, really freaking thank you. I'm going to be corny AF from the bottom of my heart because you are straight up helping me help more women just like yourself, just like you and I, so they can lose weight while having fun and do it in a balanced way instead of following crazy fat diets you find on the internet. So please take a moment and leave a review. If you enjoyed today's episode, share it with a friend. And most importantly, I cannot wait until next week, another episode drops. See you then, babes.